You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, drunk marks and drunk marquettes? Welcome to Drink Up. Same drunk wrestling history, less calories. I'm Adam, your designated host. They are the drunk wrestling historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. Win if you can. Lose if you must. But always drink. Thank you all very much for joining us this week. Uh, let's just um, also keep uh, making sure that you head over to watermaneuver.net. Get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and onesies. Especially for the miniature Drunk Mark and Drunk Marquettes that you have. Uh, great soft quality material for on-demand printing. Whatamaneuver.net. Buy a fucking shirt. Buy that fucking shirt. FFS. Uh, Eddie is got some uh, shout outs to make. Yeah, very brief uh, notes. I don't really have anything. Nobody's said anything very interesting to me on Twitter um, anytime <laughs> recently. Or I don't know. That's a call someone. out. Wow. So get yeah. on Twitter. FFS. <laughs> right. Yeah, get your shits together. <laughs> or I don't know. Maybe someone has and I forgot to write it down because I usually make a note, but I didn't have any notes written down for this episode. Um, so I'm just going to, um, put over our listeners in other countries, um, starting with the UK, Canada, South Africa, Australia, Ireland, New Zealand, Austria, Algeria, Mexico, Romania, Argentina, Brazil, Germany, and we are back to only having that one dude in India as a listener. <laughs> one dude in <laughs> India. We got his four friends hated the show. They hated the show. Yeah. He told all his friends, they all checked it out and none of them liked it. So we got four downloads in India this month. At least that one dude still loves us. We're in the last week of August, yeah. That one dude. We'll (laughs) take that one dude. Yeah. You know what's funny, too? Looking at these, like, I don't know if either of you guys have ever thought about this, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it's totally not wrestling related. You ever realize how many countries end with the letters IA? I've never thought about it. Oh, yeah. It's like a million countries, dude. If you look at a map, um, because, I mean, just on this list, right? Australia, Austria, Algeria, Romania... Argentina's not IA, but so just four out of there. But if you like, we look at a map, especially of Europe, dude, it's like half the countries in Europe end with IA. Fascinating. Which yeah. is more countries yeah. that end in IA or countries that end in Stan? Oh, IA by far, by far. There's only seven or eight countries that end with Stan. Oh, okay. Right. There's Afghanistan. There's Pakistan. There's Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, um, Tajikistan, well, right here. Um, Tajikistan, uh, Turkmenistan. That Eminem song Stan. <laughs> yeah, right. Stan Lane. <laughs> Stan Hansen. Stan, <laughs> yeah. Stan Stasiak. Do we keep going? <laughs> 25 years of South Park. Stan Marsh. Yes. <laughs> our, Lenny Leonardson. Our most cherished trophy in the world, Stan Lee Cup. <laughs> Paul Stanley. <laughs> this conversation uh, took quite a U-turn. It always does. It always does. But anyway, <laughs> right. I've, always thought, I've always thought that was interesting. And just reading that list, I was like, wow, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot on this list. But I, I noticed that, I don't know, a long time ago, just looking at maps. You know, I have two maps in my dining room. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big geography yeah. mark. Anyway, carry on, Adam. Yeah. I mean, regardless of uh, how your country's name ends, well, uh, welcome and thank you for joining us all. Also, Scott has a little visitor. I do, yes. Um so in uh, prep for this episode, I spent a lot of time looking at this guy right here. This is a uh, Lex Luger, Mattel Legends figure that just recently came out. This is, is that the signed? Var- no, it is not. <coughs> Excuse me, no, it is not signed. But okay. it is a variant version. Uh, oh. He is in, as you notice, these orange trunks. Yeah. The regular version is in black trunks. So this is more of like your uh, 1988 to around 1992 Lex Luger. Right, right. As opposed to the main release figure, which has black trunks on, 
which would be more like his mid nineties to end of his career run. Does it? Does it? Yeah, he's got an NWO shirt, and it says NWO so on the box. Pack. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, the Wolfpack yeah. one. So that's why it normally comes with the black trunks Luger. This is just the variant. Okay. This would have made more sense to come with like one of those robes that he wore to the ring. But hey, yeah. I'm right. not going to nitpick it too hard. So this was yeah. kind of like my little visitor for the show. And he's going to sit right here next to me while we record. Excellent. And judge and, us. And judge us. <laughs> yeah. And today's episode is about said visitor. Uh, this comes from uh, from uh, one of our listeners. Uh, I think I had his... Uh, handle right here uh this is from christopher dean so christopher yeah. dean thank you for this um yeah, i have do, a twitter do handle you have it, do you have his handle yeah it's at kelly madison of one that's his <laughs> uh, that's his uh, twitter handle <laughs> so if you want to give twitter uh, christopher dean a uh, follow at kelly madison of one <laughs> wait one more time i'm gonna go to it right now at kelly madison of one yeah everybody go to it right now Wait, the YouTube video only shows me from like the neck down, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Don't no, we're not gonna my have arms a... moving. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna have a Jeffrey Tubin situation here. <laughs> I I just found it. Uh, it's it's actually H B K D as in Dick one nine seven three. So H B K D one nine seven three. Thank you, Chris. Sounds like he's almost as old as you, Scott. Almost, but like a yeah. year older. So we get along so well. Great dude. So he hits you up suggesting this episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the A&E documentary just dropped, and he hit me up, and he's like, hey, a good idea for the show would be, did Lex Luger ever reach his potential? And I was like, dude, that's a hell of an idea, because we always do like the Hall of Fame type episodes. Mm-hmm. And or this pro- is actually... Career profile, but that's actually a legitimate review of the career totally with that expectation and that is our yep. episode there you go yep and you and i had just earlier in the day been talking about um reviewing uh the SummerSlam where he wrestled yokozuna yeah exactly and same so this was day. just weird timing yeah it was the same day yeah so instead so of doing ep- an entire pay-per-view we're gonna talk about luger yeah so that was 93 right SummerSlam 93 93 versus yoko correct yeah so so that episode will be coming up in a couple uh probably a couple weeks i don't know exactly what days we're at with this with episodes but sometime in the next couple weeks you guys will be hearing that episode SummerSlam 93 yep. so spoiler uh spoiler for you too adam because i hadn't told you yet it's see, coming you <laughs> see you all all of you just got a behind the scenes uh segment this is how planning goes for this yeah, show. That just happened. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let's get into it, Scott. And I think you can kind of take the lead on this because you saw more Lex Luger than either of us ever did. I'm more I did. I was with his WWE. Um, and I'm semi, I'm more familiar with his WCW, his old WCW stuff now because we watch a bunch of old pay-per-views. But you know him right. better than we do. So I remember actually reading about Luger before I even knew who Luger was because I always used to read like, the Wrestler and Pro mm-hmm. Wrestling Illustrated and Wrestling Eye and all those old wrestling publications. We used to go to Town & Country Liquors uh, in San Leandro off of East 14th. Do you remember Town & Country, Eddie? Yeah, it's still there. Um, that's a long-ass way from your house. Well, it, it is. Been, it must have been well, the there was a reason. to get them. Well, there, because yes. You went there because those were right next to the porno magazines. But, see, I was too young to drive. So I'd right. be like, Dad, can we go to town and country? So your because dad would go to the porn magazines. Exactly. Is that true? That's 100% true. My so, man. So he'd always be like, yeah, sure. Let's go to town and country. And you That's when Kelly Madison was a rookie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <was> her rookie year. <laughs> he might have her rookie porno. <laughs> I'll get that shit graded and signed. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'd go and look at all the this episode about anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Undecided. We'll see who we talk about more by the end of it. Um, so yeah, I'd go look at the hundreds of wrestling magazines they had. And I'd... Dude, it'd be easy for me to drop like 20, 25 bucks on a stack of wrestling magazines walking out of that place. Right, right. And my dad would hold form spending the exact same amount on magazines for himself that were found on the other side of the wrestling magazine counter. Anyway, I was reading about Luger and the Florida Territories... And just seeing pictures of this guy, people talking about his matches, it was one of those things like, okay, I'm wondering where he's going to end up. Is he going to go to the WWF? 
you know, where I think he'd do great because he's a total Vince guy, right? He's got the look, he's got the build, he's tall, he's chiseled. That's That fits a Vince prototype. But is he going to go to the NWA? Because technically Florida, where he was wrestling, was in NWA territory. So that's right? kind of like the, that's... That's the one that makes the most sense. And this would have been what year? What year? That was, this is like 85, right? We're talking 85 to 86. Okay. So he would have been kind of your Hogan already. Like, you know what I mean? Vince already had a guy like that. He did, yes. But, I mean, look, Hogan still needed competition. So I didn't right. know where Luger was going to end up. And then when he finally showed up on NWA programming Saturday afternoon, 3.05, it was like, okay, somebody finally has has brought this guy in He's been hyped up so much in the wrestling magazines I've been reading. I'm excited to see where he's going to go. And you're fully expecting him to to be positioned as a face because of his look. He's going to challenge Ric Flair for the title, but that's not the direction the NWA went with him. They actually put him with the horsemen. They essentially jumped Ole out and brought Luger in, which face value on paper, that's a great move. It made perfect sense because he was young. He'd only been wrestling at this point. He was a guy who didn't grow up a wrestling fan, didn't know wrestling, so it didn't come to him. He was a football player. He was all football. He was was a football player who went into wrestling because he wasn't going to be a pro football player, you know, or he was never going to be a superstar pro football player. So let's try this wrestling out. He didn't grow up watching it, didn't really know what was going on, so he took a long time to get it. So it made perfect sense you wouldn't want to have him go up against Flair right away because you're going to be required to have a really good match and really know what you're doing. Exactly. Even with Flair leading you, you still got to know what you're doing. So it made perfect sense to just stick him with the horseman where he doesn't have to do a whole lot. He can stand there and look good. Sit under the learning him, tree, really, with those guys. Right. Put him with the, the most, you know, some of the more experienced guys on the roster. Let him get in and give someone a beat down when he needs to. But the, not a lot was expected of him at that point. So right. it was really a perfect... They did a really... So this would have been... This You're was, talking like 86, 87. 86. So this would have been Crockett. He was working for Crockett. Correct. Um, Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so Crockett did a really smart thing there. He could have... Because if he tried to make him the big baby face, it probably would have failed and probably kind of would have been the end for him. So... Uh, yeah. Right off the bat, it could have been. Yeah. It just wouldn't... Yeah. It wouldn't have gone well and it kind of might have just screwed him over completely. So he did... He was thinking long term. I'll put him exactly. with these guys... Get him some experience, and then we'll work on that later. And so, decorate him too. Decorate him too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, he, the horsemen held the four horsemen held gold, so it totally yeah. made sense that Luger would saddle up with those guys, and that you could put one of the second tier titles on him because Flair obviously was champion. That wasn't going over to Luger anytime soon. But right. yeah, you could put a second tier title on him or a tag team title would have totally made sense because he was a horseman now. Yeah, he ended up being TV champ, right? Uh, U.S. champion. Oh, U.S. champ. Okay. okay. He was U.S. champ, yeah, which was incredible because that was like the top of the mid-card. Right, right, yeah. This was only a couple years removed from when that would have been the top one in the territory when the NWA champ was the guy who would move around territory, you know, the traveling right. champion. They would kind of started getting away with away from that, and we talked about this in the Vince episode where the territories start to die out. At this point, there are less territories for the champ to travel to, yeah. but... This title was still really prestigious because it had recently been the top home territory title. Yeah, and it had a great lineage too. Like it had just come from like Magnum TA. It had mm-hmm. just come from Nikita Koloff. Now it falls in Luger's hands. Yeah. And that was a huge deal. Like yeah. it, again, a top tier title now falls into his hands, making him a stronger presence within the horsemen, which was, again, that was a great move. And having him learn from those guys was just, it was brilliant. Totally, totally made perfect sense. He yeah. was given every advantage coming in for sure. Yeah. He was set up for greatness. Totally. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So where did that... Okay, so you're talking mid-80s. He was there till 91 or 92, right? He was. He had a good... A, he had a decent run. He was there a while. He was there until I want to uh, say... Right 92. after... Right after 92, I want to say uh, after February or March... Well, because he was at nine, and nine was Mm -hmm. in 1993. 93. So he would have come into the WWF like late 92, early 93. Because didn't he debut at the Rumble? Well... 93? I think he debuted in WWF at the Rumble, but he'd been in the WBF previously. Correct, yes. So we're sort of jumping ahead. So he did end up becoming... How long... Who did he beat the world... He beat Flair for the world title eventually, right? Well, that was the thing, is that it got all weird. So... Luger won the U.S. title, dropped it to Dusty in a steel cage at Starcade 87. 
Okay. Got jumped out of the horseman, became a face. So now is when you're thinking, okay, they're going to start putting the, the rocket on Luger. Now he's being positioned as a face. He's going to go beat Flair. Right, he's going for revenge and the title. Well, the first thing he did after he got jumped out of the horseman was he saddled up with Barry Windham, made him his tag team partner, and they won the tag team titles from uh, Arn and Tully. And it's like, I mean, that, okay. okay. Interesting detour. It doesn't not make sense, but it also doesn't really make sense. Right, because you're thinking he's going to go in a certain direction, but then they put him with the tag team titles. And you're like, okay, well then Barry turns on Lex. Titles go back to Arn and Tully. And now Luger's just made to look like a punk by his former team. And you're yeah. like, okay, now they start the build with Luger. And sure enough, he gets a shot. I believe it's at Great American Bash 88. Okay. And you're thinking, okay, this is his moment. He's going to win that belt. He's got to beat Flair. All of the storytelling up to this point <coughs> leads to him beating Flair. He doesn't beat Flair. They do some weird dusty finish where Luger was bleeding too much. And the athletic commissioner said... <laughs> the match needs to be stopped. And I think he actually had flair in a rack or something. And the referee runs up and checks Luger's blood. It's too much blood. Match gets called. Luger doesn't win the belt. Okay, now I'm not totally against that because of the way he lost. I think that's actually, if you're trying to look for it, if you're trying not to make him champ yet, I think that's actually pretty good booking because now the rematch is a no stopping for blood match. Okay, but then you're thinking, okay, the next big pay-per-view they have is going to be Starcade because back then it was basically the bash in July, mm-hmm. yeah, and Starcade in December. Mm-hmm. It it didn't happen. Like what happened? Oh God, Adam, could you fact check me on Starcade '88, please? I know Starcade '88 was Dusty and Sting against the Road Warriors, but I don't recall if Luger had a rematch with Flair at Starcade. I'm on it. Okay, thank you. I mean, that to I, me I, is I, just like that's. That's like, okay, you stop the match for blood. You're setting up a no stopping for blood match. Like Which was my thought. Okay, fine. You don't give him one on one. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. You don't give him the title right then. Okay, fine. You're obviously setting that up for a bigger payoff at Starcade. Right. 1988. But okay. as Adam's checking right now, I don't recall if that match even took place at Starcade 88. Because I don't recall who Flair wrestled. I think it might have been Luger, and I think he actually pinned him. Okay, so singles, so, uh, singles match uh, for the NWA title, Ric Flair defeated Lex Luger. Okay, there it is. So, and you'll see this With recur in his career. This is not this is not the only time that this will happen. Yes, so there it is. Right, you're okay. thinking, okay, he's being built up. He's going to be made that dude. What happened between July Great American Bash to Starcade that said, you know what, maybe Luger's not that guy. I think right. what happened, Sting happened. That Yeah, because Sting really blew up around that same time. Yes, Sting, I think they were starting to see more money in Sting. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of saw the shuffling on the roster where now Sting was going to be a bigger deal maybe than Lex Luger. Not to say that Luger didn't ultimately have a great run in WCW. He was either top of the card or top of the mid card. He was right. US champion more than a few times. Uh, yeah. tag team champion he was finally awarded the heavyweight title in a weird twist at the 1991 Great American Bash it was it was basically supposed to be Sting versus Flair Sting hurt himself oh no I take that back that was the year before so it was, was going to be one we Lug- covered. yes so it was going to be yeah. Luger and Flair in a cage then that's when the whole thing and we covered the Flair episode too where Flair basically was like, screw you guys, I'm out of here. I'm taking the belt with me. And it ended up being Barry Windham substituting for Flair in a cage versus Luger. That's when Harley Race was introduced as Luger's manager late in the match. Right. Luger won the title from Barry Windham, essentially. The belt was held up. And Luger won the belt, but the match was against Windham, not Flair. So that could have been the defining moment of Luger's career. Mm-hmm. Finally getting that win over Flair never happened. Right. It was kind of tainted because it wasn't exactly, it wasn't what we've been waiting for for all this time. <laughs> yes. And I don't want to take anything away from his title run. It was a good run by Luger. Uh, he, <coughs> excuse me, he ultimately lost the title to Sting at 1992's Wrestle War. I believe that was okay. that February of 92. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he can... finally, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, he finally dropped it to Sting. And I think that was the perfect culmination of Luger's ascension in WCW 
being capped off by the guy that they ultimately saw money in being Sting. Yeah, And that, that was pretty much sense. it for Luger and WCW for that particular run. Then as we talked about, off to the WBF, that fails off to the WWF as the narcissist. Right. And you know what? I wish I would have looked this up, but there was some weird thing. It was almost like, I can't remember what the deal was, but there was a contractual reason he went to WBF first. I know part of it was Vince was starting this stupid bodybuilding federation like that was going to work. Did he still um, have a WCW excuse me, think, contract by chance? I think he might have been. I think it might have been he was done with WCW, but he was still under contract, but okay. somehow didn't have to go to work. And Vince couldn't put him in WWE, but he could put him somewhere else. So he put him in WBF. There was so he could like weightlift and show pictures of himself, but he couldn't wrestle? Right, right. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, I guess WW, WBF wouldn't have been competition. You it's, know? It, technically, it's not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's or, like showing off your, like, you know, whatever they call that strongest man competition or whatever. Yeah. Or, or it could have even been like a... Um, or bodybuilding got out competition. Of his, it could have even been like he got his, out of his contract earlier, but had a no compete clause and bodybuilding wasn't competing. You know? Right, right, right. It yeah. was something like that. I should have looked this up beforehand, but I kind of was just, I don't know. With this episode, I was like, I'm just going to let you carry it and I'm going to wing it. Um, but now I wish I hadn't. Um, and Adam, if you want to look that up while we're doing this, but there was some situation like that where Vince could hire him, but not as a wrestler. Right. And so now you're questioning, okay, now Luger's in the WWF. This is the total Vince guy. As we talked about the body, mm -hmm. the look, everything is a Vince prototype. Are they finally going to see money in this guy and take him to the top of the card? Yeah. Well, then they debut him as the narcissist. Which... I loved, I loved, loved the narcissist. It was a good um, heel gimmick. He was a great, it was a, go ahead, Adam, Adam. It was like a way uh, for him to get out of his WCW contract. Okay, okay, so it was like, a, it was so it was a no compete thing. He got out early, right. but he had a no compete, couldn't wrestle. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought it was something like that. Um, the narcissist was a great gimmick. It was just so unique, you know. And he had heated um, with him. He had Heenan with so he him. had a which, mouthpiece. Yeah, which is always going to be helpful. Heenan's going to make, that's going to, he makes everyone better. Right. Um, you can't go wrong if you got Heenan in your corner. And he just, he was the narcissist. You know what I mean? When you watch him, he was so believable as that guy. Like you could believe that he would stand in front of mirrors all the time. Totally. Look at the um, guy. Just yeah. wet and himself. If, and did you watch the <laughs> a &E doc? Did you watch the um, a &E biography today? <laughs> so dude, I went to do it on Hulu. Uh-huh. And I went to oh, bring it up. you can't watch it on Hulu. Right. They wanted $70 to buy the package per month. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have go off the, of my Luger knowledge. I'm good. Oh, dude, I bought it on Apple TV for three bucks. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because it's the same thing. I don't have A&E because I have um, YouTube TV. I don't get A&E. So, um, yeah, you have to have Hulu. I think it's called Hulu Live to watch okay. those. Okay. Or you have to wait till the once the new season comes out, they put the old season up for streaming. Okay, so, like so Biography Legends, yeah, it must be too new, so I wasn't able to see it. Right, so I just bought it from iTunes, you know, from Apple TV for like three bucks. Okay, got it, got so, it. Yeah, if you had told me you weren't able to watch it, I would have told you to do that, because you have Apple TV, right? Uh, no. Oh, I thought you did, I thought you had an Apple TV. Nope. No, oh, we no. did way back when, but it's not, we're not using it anymore. We've it goes on around house. It's like, we have smart it's like, TVs, do we? It's like Apple the Stone TV. Age over there. <laughs> smart TVs. <laughs> I, I, I chisel my notes into stone. Yeah, that smart TV is so cool that you can't watch Lex Luger on it. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's all baby, bitch. Yeah, right. Well, you know, I'm a, this is an Apple household over here. Yes, it is, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I gave you the rundown on how many Apple products I bought last month. It was obscene. Yeah, you're a regular Tim Apple. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, no, Tim Apple. Tim Apple owes me like a fucking hand job. I think. <laughs> At I least. spent so much money over there. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he was... So uh, several people in that documentary were saying like he really was like the narcissist. Like someone, I can't remember who it was, said he never met a mirror he didn't like. Like he did like to look in the mirror and fix his hair and admire himself. And like that's where Vince came up with that because he really was that way. It was just like and, an amped up version of his real self. And that's why it worked. And that's why he was such a great heel. But he didn't really, he didn't do a huge amount, right? He was a mid-carter. Yeah. Yeah, he never really because okay, well, he beat perfect so, at nine. He beat perfect at nine, but as far as like going after the champ, so nine would have been his first um, match, and he really wasn't the narcissist for very long, huh? No, he was not. He would because... have been from January to fucking um, July fourth. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, it. Yeah, and Hogan would have been a ch been the <coughs> champ at that point. 
Right. He wanted he wanted at nine. So yep. you think he'd even get like a Saturday night's main event, although that might not have been on at the time. But that could have been a good thing. Like I don't know what Hogan's contract situation was because he was out in June. Right. If he'd been around longer, like that could have been I could see the narcissist and Hogan at SummerSlam. Uh, you know? yeah, and actually with with Luger beating uh perfect at WrestleMania nine and mm-hmm. Hogan winning the title at nine. You start to think, okay, so Luger's a big deal. Yeah, that's our SummerSlam build now, as it might be Luger and Hogan at SummerSlam. And it would have been that old Vince style of booking, right? Like bringing a monster heel, heat him up, and put him up against a champ. And Which then seemed loses. like what was happening. Seemed like it was going to happen, but it didn't. So, get into summer, Hogan's gone. Well, Hogan gets beat again. by Yoko at King of the Ring. With a fireball. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Like a Hadouken from a camera. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and then 4th of July they get on the uh, Intrepid and all these guys try to slam Yoko and Luger comes up and hip tosses him Yeah, and <laughs> that's all you had to do for, to qualify for the main event of SummerSlam boom you're in yeah you've got and your new baby like, face right you're like okay Hogan's out the door he's yeah. gonna be the new Hogan he's gonna be the new top guy exactly um, and they put him on that stupid ass bus which the Lexus Express, when I was, Express. I was like 14 at the time, and I thought that bus was stupid. I think I was 14. <laughs> I think I turned 15 that summer. Before I think, yeah, yeah, the beginning of August. I think I turned 15. So I guess maybe maybe two years of maybe or two years younger, I would have thought it was cool. But I thought it was the lamest thing. I was like, really? And dude, watching the A and E documentary, he really was stuck on that stupid bus, and he hated he was it. yeah he yep. yeah he Character hated it. Commitment. And he has to meet the kids <laughs> and all this, and he just really wasn't into it. And then that's where everyone's saying like. He just was, it was not, he was not that guy. He was the narcissist. He wasn't this guy, you know, the friendly, you know, baby face. Yeah. And yeah. And he has to be out there kissing hands and shaking babies and he's hating every minute of it. Exactly right. Yeah. He did, yeah. It wasn't him <laughs> and it didn't work. And he goes to SummerSlam and you completely expect him to beat Yoko. And he loses. And that, that was it. Like, okay. Like you said, Hogan's out the door. Luger is immediately positioned as the next big baby face in the company. And then you're thinking, okay, Vince is finally going to see all these years after Luger has entered a big territory, right? Which was 19, say 1987, 1986, 87. Now we're in 1993, late 1993. Finally, somebody sees money in Luger. Vince is going to be the one to know what to do with him. Yeah, except they don't. Well, so the plan was Vince thought he could drag that out till WrestleMania. He wanted that to be his WrestleMania main event was okay. Luger and Yoko. Okay. And then that's when Luger... So now Luger's doing like the All-American thing. Yeah. Which yeah. was kind of goofy. It was sort of a weird gimmick too. It didn't really fit because first of all, Hogan had already done that. So and Warrior um, too, to an extent. Warrior did it too back when he teamed up with Hogan, right? To wrestle Sheik and... It was Sheik and uh, Sarge, right? Yeah, but when he lost the belt to Sarge, we had just gone into the Gulf War. Right, and he had right. that, that American gimmick at the Royal Rumble that year when he dropped the belt to Sarge. So yeah, even so Warrior had, the, had done that. Yeah, so two years previous, we had this big <clears throat> patriotic thing going on because of the Gulf War. Right. That had kind of died down. You know, the Gulf big War was, was long over because that lasted like, I think, two and a half hours or so. Yep. Um, and uh, it was shorter than the WrestleMania 4 uh, podcast. And... Uh, <laughs> So that was sort of over. So the timing of the gimmick was kind of weird. You know what I mean? There wasn't that thing going on in the country. And Hogan right. had just been that guy and warrior to an extent. They so, didn't know what to give him. Yeah. It was like, just make him Luger. Like he didn't need that. And he didn't need the stupid ass Lex Express. But so Vince was going to make him, okay, we'll make him the top guy, but we're going to save it for next year. We need a main event. Hogan's gone. We need him in the main event of WrestleMania next year. They really thought um, they could milk that American gimmick from August yeah. until March. And it just never worked. It didn't. And also a thing they touched on in the documentary was Vince knew he didn't like doing the TV appearances and didn't like doing the the meet and greets and all that. And that's what you have to do. That's why John Cena was champ for 15 years. Yes, exactly. He fully embraced every bit of that. Yeah, or The Miz has had such a long career because The Miz is like, hey, Miz, we need you to go get on the plane and go do the the Today Show tomorrow morning. And Miz is on the plane. He's on it. Yeah, you got to be that guy. And Luger was not... He didn't like doing that. He wasn't into it. And that that's when Vince really started. To, the fans started to cool on him because really just the booking at SummerSlam was wrong. Yeah. The gimmick was wrong. He didn't, he wasn't believable as that guy. And then Vince cooled on him too. 
and then he goes to 10 and loses. He does that. They do that double winner at the Royal Rumble. Right. Then he loses to Yoko in the first round because of semi-tournamenty. Um, he loses to Yoko in the first match, and then that's basically it for him. That was it, yeah, because then I think they put him into the uh, the feud with Tatanka and the Million Dollar Corporation. And then he lost to Tatanka, didn't he, at SummerSlam? At SummerSlam 94, yeah. So he went from beating Yoko by count, which, by the way, SummerSlam 93's main event, the end of it when they're dropping all that confetti and shit. Yeah. Is that the world's biggest participation trophy? I totally forgot about that. Yeah, right. They're dropping confetti. All the other guys are lifting him on their shoulders. Yeah, like he had just done something amazing, and all he did was use the forearm to knock mm-hmm. Yoko out of the ring for a count of 10. Right, Like right. Now, if he had the belt on his shoulder, game changer. Of course, that's a whole different moment. But you're right. Uh, Vince cooled on Lex, dude. And yeah. I I just have to question if the Lex Express was successful. Now, look, I, I, you didn't like it at all. No. I was the complete opposite. I loved it. You're a mark. Well, I was 19 years old. And I don't know if like my wrestling world needed that top face. Like right. the good guy, like all American. Like I needed that. But I was fully behind Luger, dude. Like, I wanted to see him finally get his chance. Like, yeah. let this guy headline the company for for real. Like, give him that run. Right. I I don't know. It, I don't see how you could view that whole Life Express thing and then the SummerSlam moment, everything after it, and see how you could stretch that out nine more months. I mean, granted, there weren't the monthly pay-per-views yet. Right. But even trying to do a Survivor Series and a Rumble and then WrestleMania, uh, with where that gimmick was, even at SummerSlam 93, I just don't see how you stretch that out. But it was bad booking. Say that something really happened was. to the Lex Express. Now he has to take the Lex Jet. But just don't <laughs> show the fucking Lex Jet every week. Just imply that it exists. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. a way. Yeah, it was one of... Um, in that era, it would have been probably Vince's worst booking decision. You know, because those early days, his booking was pretty solid. He's done some questionable things the last, say, 10 years. Especially yeah. put the title on Brock and have him not be on TV for six months at a time. Oh, Bullshit God. like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But back then, his booking was usually pretty, you know, right on. But that was, had to be one of the, definitely the worst booking decision of that year, you know. Probably yeah. the worst one of the early 90s. I mean, it was a really dumb move. Lex should have become champion there. Even though I didn't really care if he did or wanted him to he should have been well I don't think that he should have been saddled with the American gimmick that, that was a bad fucking and, idea too yeah and you had kind of alluded to that earlier and I wanted to go back and excuse me and touch on that if you just kept him as Lex Luger minus all that American bullshit mm-hmm. it would have been fine because you can start to tell stories about like he doesn't need a gimmick to get over he didn't need a gimmick in WCW to be as good as he was yeah he wasn't all American Lex Luger there he wasn't the narcissist there. He was just Lex Luger. Yeah. That's all you need. The guy looks like a fucking million bucks. Yeah, yeah. Let him get by on that. He didn't need the flag, you know? No, and not at all. That no, it was even, lame. It was fucking lame. Yeah, even in 93, that was a dated gimmick. So yeah. it, I guess a, a combination of bad booking decisions, a questionable gimmick, a, a Madden cruiser that didn't need to be in the whole equation, just bad decisions and ultimately... His WWE career, WWF career, just kind of fizzled out. And he went from, I think, saving Diesel from a run-in by Mabel to the next night or something being, or the next few nights being on Monday Nitro in 1996 or 1995. Yeah, the, the only other notable thing he really did was he was a tag team with um, Bulldog. And that ended pretty quick because then Bulldog turned heel and they put him with Cornette. Right, right. Yeah, yeah so I mean, that he- went really quick. Right, I mean, his run was really unremarkable. <laughs> no, it was, really. Like, he never and, held a title. Yeah, and his shot at being the top guy was really short. It was just a few months. The window you know? closed very quickly. But then after that, you're thinking, okay, maybe they'll give him a secondary title, like a tag or an IC belt. He never even got that far. Nope. Like, you're thinking, okay, Allied Powers with Davy Boy. Yeah, they'll be tag team champions. Nope. And he never, had, not even his narcissist. Of course, that was a short run, as you had mentioned. But they mm-hmm. never even gave him the IC belt. So, yeah, his, yeah. his WWF run... Very, very unremarkable and nothing to write home about. But then he goes back to WCW. He goes and like really, you said, he sh- that was the debut episode of Nitro, right at the mall. Yeah, at the mall, and he shows and nobody, up, and nobody, everybody thought he still worked in WWE, and he showed up because he had just been on there the previous week. Yeah, right. And then he comes walking in the door, and you're like, "Holy shit, Lex is here!" That was a big moment. That was a big deal. And immediately, mm-hmm. 
boom, walk back into WCW, right back at the top of the card. From what I yes. read, it was like that was maybe one of the first shots of the Monday Night Wars. Like, yes, not, 100%. Like not, yeah. like, not just they're rebranding and starting Nitro. No, this is a direct shot. Take well, it, was night, it, was, it was night one of being head-to-head, and they did something big on the first night. You yeah, bring in totally. Totally. Nobody yeah. saw that coming. That was a huge surprise. That made Nitro must view. Okay, who's going to show up next? What right, surprises right. are in store for us now? Lex spearheaded that. Yeah. And so Bischoff told the story that he didn't really want Lex there. It was he staying. wasn't really interested in bringing him in. Um, Lex wanted to come over, and I can't remember who it was, but someone asked Bischoff. You Sting know. did. Um, oh, Sting. It was Sting. Yeah, it was Sting. And, and Bischoff said he made him an offer that he thought was, like, basically insulting. That he yeah, he, like, low-balled him, yeah. Yeah, and Lex was, like, Lex was like, whatever, dude. I just want to get the fuck out of Stanford. Yeah, I don't want to wear these American flag trunks anymore. Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, and then Bischoff said that later on, after, like, six months or so, he said he just, like, was... Lex was like working his ass off and doing yeah. well and he said he kind of became a bit of a locker room leader and he actually renegotiated Lex's contract and paid him what he thought he was worth nice. at that point nice because yeah. I've heard so. Bischoff make the claim like Luger never drew a dime like he said shit like that before I don't yeah. agree with that at all that's not a story now now his story is I mean he still didn't say like oh he was our top guy or he made us right. much money but he said I felt I, sh- I felt like I should pay him what he was worth yeah so I gave him more money yeah. which that's pretty cool you know assuming it's true um and Luger didn't dispute it, so I guess it is. Right. But, okay, so now Bischoff starts using him kind of a way he should have been used probably a long time ago. Uh, yeah. Now, so this is where I start to get foggy because I didn't watch a lot of WCW. Mm-hmm. But I know Luger is starting to get decorated again, right? They're putting titles on him again. And the NWO happens and Luger's on the WCW side of things. So he's immediately yeah. given a spot in all of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... All of that feud happens, Starcade 97, all that stuff happens. But in the middle of all of that NWO stuff, Luger's finally given that moment to shine. Mm-hmm. And they they give him a win over Hogan. By tap out. He tapped Hogan out. Which, ugh, and that was in 97. Yeah. Up to that point, how many people had legitimately pinned Hogan? There was Warrior... But even then, he, you know, even then, Hogan pinned Warrior before after the ref bump. Yes. You know, um, Yoko. With, he won by Fireball. Yep. So yeah. I'm talking like a legitimate, like, you have him down one, two, three. How many people had beaten Hogan to that point? Like a legit without anything screwy happening? I'm not sure if anyone had. I mean, if somebody had, you know, not counting, not counting before his first WWE run, um, he, you know, he took a lot of losses before that. Oh, I sure. don't know. If, I don't lot. know if anyone got a clean win. I don't know if anyone got a clean win over him at WCW up to this point. Um, someone could totally tweet me and, you know, tell me if anyone has. But I don't know of anybody who had. But it's not more. You can count it on one hand at most. So that to me is his career defining win. Yeah, you tap Hogan out. That's a big fucking deal. And I think it goes back to your story that you just told about Bischoff he was probably being rewarded for stepping up and doing the job he was doing. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know what? It's not going to be a long run. Don't expect it to be, but you're going to get that moment, which I think is probably bigger than if he had beat Flair in 88, if he had beat Yoko in 93, that moment tapping Hogan clean middle of the ring. And I think you saw that elation, not only from Luger after it happened, but from the crowd, because they were so surprised that Luger finally got that big win. Nobody expected him to win that match, dude. Right. And I think that's right. why when it happened, you saw that just pure emotional moment from the crowd where they're like, holy shit, he finally did it. Like, feel how you're going to feel about Luger. That's fine. But that right. was not not only a great moment for him and the fans, but just a career-defining moment for Luger in general. That just I think it made him. My, my cat's throwing up. If, I don't know if you can hear that. <laughs> that's, that's what that noise is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he'll, he'll be done yeah. in a second. It was just Cat was just so excited when uh, when he tapped him. No, I'm fine. Yeah, I, th- I thought you were so, watching gagging videos. <laughs> no, no, no. I, but now I might. Now that you got it in my head, um, yeah, like quacking videos. Um, so okay, so the original question about this episode was: Did he ever live up to his uh, potential? Um, before we address that really quickly. I'm just going to list his titles, okay? 
Um, he had the NWA Bahamas Championship one time, which I didn't even know there was an NWA Bahamas. Oh, I think um, you won that title in uh, Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> yeah. It was next to um, Parts Unknown. It doesn't even have a Wikipedia link. Um, Florida TV champ, uh, NWA Southern Heavyweight Champion from Florida. And then in WCW, he was Heavyweight Champion twice. He was TV Champion twice. He was U.S. Champion five times. Tag Champion one or three times. Um, once with Wyndham, once with Sting, and once with the Giant. He yep. won the Crockett Memorial Cup. Yes, with, with Sting. Sting. That's right. Um, and that's it. So not a lot of titles. He won, like you said, he won nothing in WWE. And those are the only places he actually worked. He only worked in like four territories. Like if you can even count the Bahamas. Yeah. And I believe he was with WCW all the way until their closure in 2000. He was. And he was one of the guys who was on the, um, the um, contract with Time Warner. Right. So he got paid to sit home for a few years. And then things went south after that. But. Yeah, we don't need. We're to, not here to talk about that. No, we don't. We'll need save to that. Go for, there. We'll we'll save those. Save that for the next roast. Right. <laughs> so, what do you think? Did he live up to his potential? Reading about him and then seeing his career, two world championships. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say that he did not live up to the potential of being wrestling's next potential Hulk Hogan. Okay. I agree. I think he came much closer in WCW. Yeah, for um, sure. Like the way it started to end, like he was starting to gain steam, but then WCW got kind of run into the ground by whatever forces and Luger did not. Anyway, I, I think it was going there where it could have been like, okay, he's had a solid run on top of the card. You can finally say that he has gotten to where he was supposed to be maybe 10 years previous, but he finally got there. I, I just can't say that he reached the potential that I personally thought he was... So if you would ask me in 86, hey, where do you think Luger's going to be in 10 to 12, 15 years? Mm-hmm. I would have said at the top of somebody's promotion. I think he right. got close, really close, but the answer is no. Yeah, you'd think he would have been the top guy in some promotion for like a year, you know, have like a good Easily. year run as, as the number one guy, but yeah, that just never really happened because even his win... I forget, I don't know how long his first championship reign was, world champion. Oh, uh, but, but it wasn't when, long. He, when he beat Wyndham, right? Yeah, but it wasn't long, right? Great American Bash no. up until it was that February. Eight months, yeah. So so less than a year. And then when he beat Hogan, it was only for a few days. It was yeah. like four days or something. Yeah. So yeah, so he was never really, I mean, I guess he would have been the top guy for a little bit when he beat Wyndham. But yeah, I would expect like a solid year at least as, as the number one guy in the promotion. Yeah, um, but I would never consider Luger like a top of the card guy. Luger yeah. finished his career at like the top of the middle card. Right, Or the top right. of the and, mid card. Yeah, and even when he was champ the first time around, his longer reign, he was neck and neck with Sting at best. Totally, yes, 100%. You know? And yeah, Adam, yeah. I think you said it was July 91 until February 92, right? Uh, Yeah, just from Great American Bash until that February, so whatever that five, pay-per-view was seven. against Sting. Yeah. Okay, so seven months on top of the card, and then a week after he beat Hogan, that's nothing to even speak about, but he finally got that career-defining moment, but he's more... <laughs> excuse me, a top of the mid card guy as opposed to a top of the card guy, which had you asked me in 86, that's exactly where I thought Luger would be as top of any card. Totally, totally. Yeah, and I would say that it's through no fault of his own for the most part. Sure, yeah. You know, like yeah, early on, he was, on he was still that. a rookie. He was still a rookie and not coming from a wrestling background. It took him a few years to learn it. So like yeah. the WCW run, he was really starting to get it toward the end of that because those are the matches I saw from where I, that I liked a lot. Yeah. Um, WWE... I'm blaming Vince for all of that. For sure. You yeah. know, maybe he could have tried harder to be that guy that Vince wanted him to be, but he should have just never been that character. No. He no. should have just been a top heel, you know? Like, if 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 that's what Vince expects from his top babyface, he shouldn't have made him the top babyface. He should have been the top heel. Right. Um. So I don't think it's his, I don't think it's his fault. I think it was, as far as there, I think it was just bad booking. I blame Vince for all that. I, I think Vince dropped agree. the ball. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's where they're at. Uh, Adam, what do you think? Did he live up to his potential? All right. So I think he has a decorated career, but somehow he found the perfect storm of uh, bad booking decisions. And then when there were things uh, where he had the leverage in his favor, uh, he like he chose those specific times to act up and actually be a narcissist, uh, per se. Yeah. <laughs> um, like uh, once he won uh, the, uh, de- I think it, 
once he finally won the WCW title uh, after Great American Bash, at some point, it said that he fulfilled his contractual obligations for that calendar year for performance. So he just sat out the rest of 1991. Even mm-hmm. if you do fulfill your uh, contractual obligations, you they've finally given you the world. They have finally made you the champion and the opportunity to be the face of uh, face of the industry of an industry per se. Uh, whether you're signing uh, with WWF or WCW, he's considered one of the top guys, and he just chose not to uh, personally put effort into that and pursue it. Uh, when it comes to him being a champion, again, just non-impactful. He won it at Great American Bash, not against Flair. It, he won it because it was vacated. He won uh, won the title against Hogan, only to drop it at Hog Wild, which I guess it was just more of like, let's just set up an ending so that people could talk about the end of Hog Wild and uh, something like that. So I don't think he necessarily lived up to his potential. He was bred to be a champion, but he was unimpactful. I think your example yes. of Miz and Cena being champions and being faces of an industry, that's what Lex had to do. Like, oh, you need to be on the Tonight Show? You need to be on the Today Show? Wow, a lot of NBC. But still, just, you need to do that. Get your get your ass on a jet. Swim uh, to your destination if you have to. There, there. Lex, he got egotistical. So You know who did that for WCW? Sting did that for WCW. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I could definitely see and that. And that's why Sting had a longer run that's, than anybody. He's there. the icon. Exactly. You know, he was the man yes. that got he was the man for fifteen years almost. It was yeah. it's not necessarily like uh like pulling the puppet strings of like, you have to do this for me. They it's just that Cena and Miz and other uh equivalent champions, it's like they know it's their responsibility. Right. So Um yeah. Does he go in the Hall of Fame next year? Uh, he I'm needs thinking, to get into but, the Hall of Fame. He's obviously a Hall of Famer. He's going in the Hall of Fame. I'm wondering if he does yes. next year but since WWE put up. Because, you know, they do those A&E documentaries in conjunction with WWE. So do you think this is going to be like the thing that gets the ball rolling on that? I think so for sure. If it doesn't happen in 23, it's got to happen in 24. Yeah. Like have him like pose next to the Liberty Bell in his American trunks or something. Like whatever. Oh, like, that'd be cool. Express, uh, Phil, was- Phil, huh. Philly might be the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Either either twenty three or twenty four, but it has to happen. Lex, there's he's a no brainer Hall of Famer, and you don't even need to use the yep. bar that I always use. It's a no brainer. He is absolutely a WWE Hall of Famer. Well, that was why before we started recording, you said we can also use this episode as the is he a Hall of Famer? I was like, yeah. dude, it's more like when will he be a Hall of Famer, it, not will? He? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think anybody would dispute that he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's actually a so good I've, call. I wasn't considering this year, but uh, Philly would like visually makes sense oh he rolls up in the Lex Express yeah, yeah. dude that would in be front so of the Liberty Bell. actually that it, would be the one time I like the Lex Express right <laughs> yeah <laughs> alright I think that does it for Lex Luger that takes care of our Lex did Lex Luger Luger fuck did Lex Luger <laughs> live up to his potential I hope he answered Kelly Madison's question <laughs> thank you Kelly and Chris, I'm just Go so I'm just so thrown off with that Kelly Madison stuff, but <laughs> huh, huh. that that's uh, something to see. What do you all think about this episode? And uh, do you have an answer to did uh, Lex Luger live up to his potential? Please share your opinions on our social media platforms. That'd be Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Wrestling underscore Drunk. We definitely want to hear from you. Please tell your family, friends, heels, and faces to like, share, and smash that subscribe button uh, so that we can keep this drunk wrestling adventure going. Uh, on behalf of Eddie and Scott, I'm Adam reminding all of you to enjoy your buzz. Watch wrestling responsibly. Drink like nobody's watching. We will see you all next time for another great episode. One, two, three. Total package. Dive. Hip toss. <laughs> your contribution left a
Let's